Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Karen and I are talking about probiotics today. So our topic is a spotlight on probiotics for running performance. We'll share the latest research and what you should look for on a label of a probiotic supplement. And finally, if you listen right to the end, I'll tell you about the three Ks of food-based probiotics. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. I'm Aileen and I'm here with Karen and as always we're going to share something personal with you about our nutritional running before we move on to discuss today's topic uh, which is spotlighting probiotics for performance. So I thought we'd stay on topic Karen and I was wondering have you ever used probiotics to support your running performance? Well actually no Aileen, Um, I have to say I've used probiotics but for general health but never specifically for my running performance although I'm sure that probably indirectly they may be have been helping my running training especially as you know I have historically experienced digestive issues linked to my running training and the reason I was taking the probiotics in the past was to support my overall digestive and immune health. And I have to say, it is really rare now that I experience any digestive issues linked to my running, which may have been a positive side effect of the probiotics that I was taking. So um, so potentially indirectly. But how about you, Aileen? Have you ever taken probiotic supplements to support your running well, the same as you, you know, I'm keen on using probiotics, mainly as a foundational supplement to support digestive and immune health. Unfortunately, um, I've got pretty good digestive health and very rarely do I have any disruptions. Um, but I've never really considered how probiotics might be performance enhancing. So um, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation, Karen. I'll be interested mm. to find out um what you've discovered indeed (laughs) okay so um let's get straight on with our topic uh, which as we said earlier is spotlighting probiotics for running performance and most of us will have heard of the word probiotic um, and it's actually derived from latin pro meaning for and the greek word biotic meaning life life so probiotics are for life and the idea of probiotics supporting health and well-being is it's not a new phenomenon, although it's something that we've probably talked a bit more about in the last decade or so. But the principle actually dates back over 100 years. And it was someone uh, called um, Eli or Eli, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, Mechkinov, who is a Russian imperialist uh, zoologist. And um, he, he was best known for his groundbreaking research in immunology. And he first suggested that human microbiota could be modified to promote health. And his findings were acknowledged at the time, but really very much ignored until in more recent years, until the, the 1990s, when 
additional evidence based uh, on his original findings came to light. And, you know, it's probably more commonplace. People know what probiotics are now. Um, So today what we're going to do is outline the effect of probiotics on athletic performance. We're going to talk about the different types of um, probiotics and prebiotics from food and supplements and uh, give some advice on choosing um, probiotics. So, Let's get started. So, Karen, before we we get into um, the the depth of the topic on probiotics and their effects on athletic performance, I thought it might be a nice idea if if, um, you could start by explaining exactly what probiotics are. Yeah, absolutely, Aileen. So um, if we think about our digestive system um, and actually other parts of the body as well, um, but primarily in the digestive tract, reside lots and lots of different microbes that are both helpful and potentially harmful. Now, this is known as an individual's microbiome and each person's microbiome is completely unique to them. Now, most microbes, they're also known as microbiota. So people might have heard of all of these words. So microbes and microbiota are are the same thing, really. And so these microbes are symbiotic, meaning that both the human body and the microbiota benefit within that that sort of space. But some in smaller numbers can actually be pathogenic, so they can promote disease. Now, in a, in a healthy body, pathogenic and symbiotic microbiota coexist without any problems whatsoever. But if there's a disturbance in that balance brought on maybe by an infectious illness, um, a certain eating style or diet choice, or maybe the prolonged use of antibiotics or other bacteria destroying medications, a dysbiosis, so an imbalance of the microbiota can occur And that then stops these normal interactions and can lead to dysfunction. Now, as a result, the the it, it makes the body more susceptible to illness and disease and primarily immune related disorders. And that's because 70 percent of the immune system resides in the digestive tract. So that if there's an imbalance of this micro microbiome in the in the digestive tract it could potentially lead to systemic could be localized or it could be systemic immune issues so in answer to your your actual question Aileen probiotics which can be taken in the form of food or nutritional supplements are microorganisms that are widely considered to be health promoting so in other words helping to bring back that balance of the the symbiotic and the pathogenic um, um, microorganisms microorganisms in the digestive system. Now, according to the World Health Organization and the IOC, so the International Olympic Committee, these they they note that probiotics are live microorganisms that, when administered orally for several weeks, can increase the number of beneficial bacteria in the gut. These have been associated with a range of potential benefits to gut health as well as modulation of immune function. So that is their synopsis of what a probiotic is. So hopefully that's been helpful. Yeah, that's a really detailed explanation, Karen. And uh, it's good to know that the um, the large um, health bodies uh, are interested in this topic as well as we are. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just to build on what you've said, um, when thinking of the general population research into probiotics, um, the the research is is a, is really around uh, their ability to enhance health through modulation of the immune response, which you've mentioned, um, maintenance of the intestinal barrier, uh, limiting pathogen adhesion to the host tissue, and also production of different metabolites such as vitamins short-chain fatty acids uh, and other molecules that act as neurotransmitters which are involved in the gut-brain axis communication and health. So there's lots of potential uh, benefits of probiotics. Um, 
Karen, but what about um, the benefits um, to athletes? So what are thought to be the benefits of probiotics on uh, athletic performance? Well, it has to be said, Aileen, as we have often said before, the research is limited and principally because the study of probiotic supplementation in athletes and, you know, just general physically active individuals is quite new. The first study in humans was only published about 13 years ago. But I have to say that since then, the popularity and number of publications has increased quite substantially. Um, and the number of products containing probiotics aimed at runners and other athletes as well is constantly increasing. So there is a shift up, but the research is still limited. Okay, so so the research that's been carried out to date, uh, which specifically investigates the effect of probiotic supplementation on performance. Um, thinking about that, Karen, what have the results shown? Well, actually, Aileen, the results have been quite mixed. Um, earlier studies that reported performance outcomes generally had um, primary aims related to immunity and, and gut health. However, more recent research has, has really tended to indicate that probiotic supplementation could promote specific improvements in exercise performance through various different pathways in in athletes and physically active individuals using targeted strains of of, of probiotics so they've been looking at specific types of microorganisms to promote specific types of um um, um, enhancement to sport and research now appears to be focusing on probiotics in athletes in relation to the the gut health and immunity as we've just said but also um, specific aspects of exercise performance are including recovery physical um, fatigue and also body composition so they're looking at it in more targeted areas now Mm, that's good. So, mm. so now that we've determined that research is limited but growing, um, in the research that you've read, Karen, is there any reference to an athlete's microbiome differing from the general population? I know you, you know, we've said that everybody's microbiome is unique to them, but I just wondered if there's been any trends observed. Yeah, actually, Aileen, there have been. Um, there's There was a position stand written by the um, International Society of Sports Nutrition published in 2019. And they reported that those who are highly physically active um, tend to have a higher abundance of the health promoting bacterial species. And also increased uh, an overall increased microbiome diversity, and also seem to have a greater increase in in fecal metabolites. So thinking here about um, the the microbes that produce short chain fatty acids, so the acetate, propionate, and butyrate. Now these short chain fatty acids um, uh, are, are really important for colon health, for metabolic processes, and also for vitamin and energy production. So really interesting there. And in addition to this, um, physical activity also appears to increase the ratio of different beneficial bacteria um, sort of um, genres, sort of thinking about bacteroids and thermoscuties ratio. These are all very scientific words that um, hopefully as as maybe we go through the, the episode, it will become a bit more clear to people. They also stimulate um, the proliferation of bacteria, which can support the mucosal immunity. So this is physical activity itself can do, is thought to support this and also um, improve barrier function. So thinking about that intestinal barrier here and, and supporting that. And exercise can is also thought to stimulate bacteria capable of producing sub- substances that can protect against some um, gut disorders. So, mm, yeah, that's quite substantial. 
Yeah, it's interesting that it appears that physical exercise alone could really help support an individual's gut microbiome. Um, but I imagine we're talking more about moderate exercise here because we know that endurance exercise or um, when we're overreaching or overtraining, that can affect the GI tract and the immune system negatively. And I'm thinking about the symptoms, including things like um, abdominal cramping, acid reflux, um, nausea and vomiting, uh, maybe diarrhea, uh, intestinal permeability, and then infections like the upper respiratory tract infections and the urinary tract infections, all of which, you know, some runners do experience. And mm-hmm. we have talked about a lot of these sort of um, symptoms um, and, uh, you know, the research around why we might get them as runners and if if anybody's interested I'd suggest that there's three top three episodes that we've done in the past that might help pull all of this together so episode three which is um, called avoiding digestive um, stress distress episode six which is um, talking about the performance effects of overtraining syndrome and episode 14, which is endurance running and the immune system. So we, we go into things in a little, little bit more detail there. Yeah. And actually, Eileen, just going back to what you were saying, you raise a really good point about the detrimental effects of endurance running and overtraining. Um, Because interestingly, uh, endurance sport is where most of the research has been carried out. Um, But it is important to add here that clearly an individual's diet will also play a huge part in this too. It's not just about the the exercise that they're doing it's going to be about the diet as well that will determine um that that their their overall gut health and the the health of the microbiome um but thinking about also um you mentioned the uh, urine uh, the upper respiratory tract infections um now research stating that one of the potential benefits of introducing probiotics in an athlete is due to probiotics ability to modulate the immune system to help increase defences against uh, uh, upper respiratory tract infection. So it could be by taking probiotics, um, an athlete will um, experience less of the um, URTIs, therefore performance will improve they'll have less time out of um a sport as well so all all really positive news and another potential benefit of pro- probiotics for an athlete is linked to the fact that the microbiome may have indirect influence on different aspects of exercise performance and recovery so so it's thought that the use of probiotics could help modulate the microbiome to promote promote overall good health but also exercise adaptation increased vo2 max and um and also increased overall training load and um, training performance so um it is thought probiotics could achieve this really sort of the mechanism of action in a way is by down-regulating the pro-inflammatory molecules and up-regulating the anti-inflammatory molecules. So this is thought to be how um, the probiotics work. But clearly more research is required to, to, as always, to fully determine the use of probiotics as a potential ergogenic aid, really, because this is all sounding as though they'd be using probiotics a bit like an ergogenic aid, but there just isn't enough evidence there yet. Yeah, and what's pop, you know, I don't know whether we're going to talk about this later on, Karen, but what's popping into my mind is just to remember that the microbiome isn't, is, it is a, a, a living part of ourselves that mm-hmm. changes all the time. And, um, you know, so we can actually uh, influence what's going on in the microbiome, as you say, by what we're eating and also by introducing um, probiotics too. So, so it's, you know, interesting that that. There's talk about using uh, probiotics ergogenically in the future. So, so Karen, just to round up, so we've established that overall physically active individuals appear to have 
uh, a differing microbiome than the general public, um, including a higher abundance and an increased diversity of health-promoting bacterial species. Um, however, endurance exercise, if it's um, you know if it's heavy endurance exercise, that could lead to a disruption in microbiome equilibrium. Um, or we've also determined that the use of probiotics as an ergogenic aid to directly and indirectly influence exercise performance is a growth area of research. Um, but the current research is suggesting that benefits include exercise adaptation, increased VO2 max, and increased training load. Um, so, Karen, we've, we've talked so far about probiotics as a generic term, um, but perhaps now we could move on and discuss the different types of probiotics um, that are recommended for physically active individuals. So we'll talk about food first, um, or maybe we'll talk about food a little bit later on. But I think to begin with, let's talk about the different strains of probiotics in supplement forms um, that have been researched linked to athletic performance. Um, now, people might be aware that probiotics are have they've got strain-specific differences in their ability to colonize the GI tract, and also the type and magnitude of benefits to health will differ between different population groups, including between uh, men and women. Um, so, Karen, what would you be able to tell us about the different types of probiotic strains that have to date been researched, um, in particular for the potential to enhance exercise performance? Yes, well, well, studies to date have tended to use either single strain or multi strain probiotics to determine their benefits and performance. However, like I said earlier, the results have been mixed. Now, some of the reasons for these inconsistencies between the studies could potentially be linked to factors such as um, the gender of the participants, also age, the diet, um, type of exercise that's being done, other stresses that are uh, that, that that an individual participant is experiencing, but also the dosage of the probiotic that they've been given, and this is just amongst other things. You know, there are, there are potential other factors that could could lead to inconsistencies in the in the research. Yeah, I, I do get that, and I think you know, as you said, everybody's individual, so we'll all be starting at a different. Uh, on a different level when if we were a participant in a study. So I do think it is important to interpret research with caution. Um, but you, you mentioned the different strains of, um, of probiotics, Karen. Is, is there any that we should particularly be considering to support run training? Well, the ones that are commonly used in research include um, – Lactobacillus and um, Bifidobacterium. Now, these are the genus. I'll explain that to you in a, in a minute because there's different different um, families. But but the, the, the Lactobacillus strains um, that are commonly used, certainly in the studies, are um, Lactobacillus um, gasseri, Lactobacillus acidophilus, which people might have heard of, and also Lactobacillus uh, rhamnosus. And then of the Bifidobacterium um, genus, strains including um, Bifidobacterium animalis and um, B. subtilis are the two common ones. Um, they also use other genuses, um, including Streptococcus and Bacillus. Now, some of these, like I say, some people might have heard of, but, but others may be quite new to, to, to our followers and to us as well, Aileen, as well, uh, because there are so many different ones. And um, of the ones mentioned, some have been used in the multi-strain studies and others in the single-strain um, research. And the ISSN position stand that I mentioned earlier, so um, the International um, 
Sports uh, Society for Sports Nutrition, their position strand um, noted that the multi-strain probiotics appear to be more effective in exhibiting the enhanced sports performance. So, for example, some of the research results um, indicated that um, these multi-strains could support increase in VO2 max, increase in aerobic power, increase in um, training load, and an increased time to exhaustion. Um, But it is important to remember that some other studies haven't found such effects, so they haven't found these positive effects, really. Mm. There's always two sides to every story, as we know. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Karen. I think, um, you know, it's interesting to know about all these different strains and um, it would be great to be able to look at the different prebiotic strains within the multi-strain um, probiotic supplements. So, But we, we don't have time for that and maybe we don't have the, the information just at the moment. So perhaps that would be good for a future conversation. Um Maybe now we could move on to the food um, aspect of of our discussion. Um, So um, we can use food as a source of probiotics. Obviously, when we we know about food, we don't necessarily know what strains of probiotics are in. Um, But um, it's interesting to know that fermented foods such as sauerkraut and kimchi um, are not actually currently classed as probiotics, although they do contain live microbes. Now, the reason for this is because these products have not been sufficiently studied for health benefits as stipulated by the definition of probiotics, but maybe in time this would change. But we do know that these foods contain live cultures and microbes, so potentially they could support our running performance as well as our, over, our overall health. Yeah, absolutely, Alien. And other foods that would fall into that category um, that you've been speaking about, the fermented foods, include the likes of tempeh, um, which is fermented tofu, uh, also miso, uh, cultured milks and yogurts, including kefir, which is um, is widely available these days. Also kombucha, which is a fermented green tea and, and pickled goods. So thinking about um uh, pickled uh, pickled cucumber, which is known in gherkins, and also pickled onions. So uh, lots of different varieties out there that contain these live cultures. Now, a nutrient that is is really well known for its beneficial effects on an individual's microbiome. Um, rather than it's not it, it supports the microbiome but it's not actually a probiotic itself is carbohydrate now we're talking here about the the whole grain complex carbohydrate foods um so the the yeah like i say the whole grains the fruits and the vegetables because it's the fiber that's contained within them that is associated with that um supporting of microbial microbial abundance and the diversity of them. So really, it's another good reason to be eating a rainbow and and maybe thinking about switching from the, the brown carbohydrates, from the white carbohydrates to the, the brown carbohydrate foods and, and including that in your everyday healthy meal plan, because really it's the it's the fiber that's going to feed the the um, the, the the microbiome. So it's going to be the, that's classed as like a prebiotic because it's it's providing the food for the for the gut bacteria. Yeah, I think that's a really um, it's a good thing to talk about there, Karen. I, I often will chat to clients about you know, the probiotics are almost like the seedlings that go in your garden and you've got to feed them to keep them um, healthy and to allow them to proliferate and grow. Um, and it's it's really important to remember that carbohydrates got lots of different functions mm. and the, um, the, the, you know, the brown whole grain carbohydrates, that's, that's their role, the fibre within them is to help feed these um, probiotics and another little thing I'll just share with you Karen uh, Karen, I've got a friend who's really into uh, probiotics and she always says I've got to have one of the three K's once a day and the three K's are um, 
kefir kombucha or kimchi (laughs) but she does she makes all her own um, but she makes sure she has one of them every day that's fantastic that's a good rule isn't it that share yeah and and also another thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about diversity and you know we talk about um, eating a rainbow to feed your immune system with all the different nutrients that you you need um so that's that's a really important thing to do but whilst you're doing that eating a rainbow is also helping your um your microbiome to be as diverse as possible and it's diversity that will give you the health and you know if we ever do um stool test to check what people's microbiome are like um, the people that are eating a very wide variety of different plant foods will have that abundance and diversity and that's a sort of a health marker really isn't mm, it absolutely. yeah yeah okay so um eating di- you know a diverse uh, diet and eating a rainbow and eating the carbohydrates is really important and, and it's important to do it consistently mm-hmm. um, but I, I also Karen read a, an article recently that was suggesting that protein could also be a strong modulator of gut microbiota in athletes and this um, research was suggesting the whey protein was the protein source of choice of, of these um, athletes but the results were preliminary and the research um, hadn't been carried out on humans, so it wasn't a human study. Um, but nevertheless, it was interesting to know that there's some research being done in that area and, and maybe we'll get more information about that as time goes on. Absolutely. So so really what we're saying here is that probiotic supplements have been fairly well well researched in the athletic population over the past 30 years. However, foods and nutrients as probiotics or supporting the proliferation of an individual's own unique microbiome to enhance that exercise performance has very little evidence to back it up at the moment. But there is a great deal of research into these foods and nutrients generally, like you were saying, Aileen, for general immune and gut health and overall well-being. Therefore, it could be that they're indirectly supporting exercise performance, even though they're not technically allowed to be called a probiotic at the moment and they haven't been researched for exercise performance. Mm. Good. Thanks for that, Karen. Um, so just before we move on, I was wondering if there are any female factors uh, we should be considering within this topic. Yeah, actually, I think there are a couple that are worth mentioning. Um, and you remember earlier I mentioned that gender could be a factor in the inconsistencies in, in study results. Well, in one particular article I was reading, it noted that in competitive cyclists, reduced severity of self-reported symptoms of that upper respiratory um, illness and also use of cold and flu medication over an 11-week winter training period um, occurred. So there was this lowering of um, reporting of illness when using that uh, lactobacillus fermentum supplement um, compared to the placebo, so so others not having any anything. But um, I, I just wonder if this reduction in severity of symptoms um, it, it, yeah, so, so what I wanted to say here really is that that this reduction in the severity of symptoms was only observed in men, but not in women. So really, this raises the question to me, is this linked to the probiotic being more effective in males? Or maybe is it something to do with the self-reporting? I, I don't know. It's an interesting um, finding, but is there potentially more behind it than just the fact that the that the um, the probiotic may be more effective in males than females? So mm-hmm. again, there's always information always leads to more questions, doesn't it? But the other thing I just wanted to mention was that. Um, 
There also appears to be some limited evidence suggesting that discrepancies exist between males and females regarding outcomes following probiotic supplementation, even after supplementation of the priority probiotics at the same dose for both the men um, and women. Now, really, I think what this suggests is that that future studies are needed with a view to trying to establish um, different probiotic recommendations for for the different sexes, because at the moment, it's just it's just like a generic um, um, approach to to the use of them depending whether you're male or female but I think this does raise the question of whether it should be different maybe different strains or maybe different doses um alongside other aspects um linked to 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 different sexes so that's that will be really interesting because you you can't imagine why but (laughs) Mm, I know yeah 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 yeah. I think um maybe shall we take an advert break before we we move on yeah sure so this is the point in the episode where Karen and I take a minute to talk to you about what else we do outside of the outside of the podcast and uh, one of the questions that we get asked all the time in fact I sometimes think it's the number one question we're asked when uh people first talk to us is they they say I don't know what to eat to help my running and um, the answer to the question really we answer that question by designing our easy nutrition for healthy runners program and um, that was to help people uh, know what to eat for their running and we can't emphasize the easy part of easy nutrition um, enough um, we believe that our program is easy to listen to it's got easy action steps which build up into a food plan and habits and we have lots of easy recipes food plans and planners um, so that you don't have to think too hard and you can just get on with the action steps it's more than just a video program. Um, you also get a, a bonus one-to-one food diary review call with us, which is part of the program, and also an invitation to our program support group, which is just for people who've registered for the program. Um, we also have a coaching circle, um, which is um, held every week. And so we're, we're there to answer your questions. Um, in fact, one of our clients, um, Kay, emailed us after her one-to-one bonus call to say, Thanks so much um, for the call. It really helped and I'm feeling very motivated. Um, So we we really love um, helping clients make the most of Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. So it's not just a video program. There's a whole level of support to go along with it. So if you've been listening along today and think you'd like to know more about how to apply both everyday nutrition alongside sports-specific nutrition, uh, we think the program's a great place um, to give you all the information that you need and some easy action steps too. So if you're interested in the program, you'll find all the details at our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. Look at the top menu bar, um, click on work for us, and you'll find the program there. And if you've got any questions after you've read about it, please feel free to email us. Our email address is hello at runnershealthhub.com and we'd be happy to answer any questions. And finally, just to say thank you to you as one of our valued listeners, we've got a special offer for you to use. Um, If you want to purchase the program, use coupon code POD, that's P-O-D, and that will give you 33% discount off the full price, which brings the price down to £199. And uh, you'll also find details of that in our show notes if uh, if you're listening on, on the move and you haven't got time to make a note, uh, check out the show notes and you'll find the, the coupon code there. So um, hope to see you over in the programme sometime soon. Great. Thanks, Aileen. So now let's move on and look at some key points to consider when choosing a, a probiotic. And as always, I, I would just start by reminding you that food comes first. So introducing some of the fermented foods and the complex carbohydrates that we mentioned earlier could be a great place to start. But when considering a probiotic supplement, then here we would recommend that you work with a professional just to determine the correct one for you and your goals because like we've said already 
um, each of us has a unique microbiome. Therefore, the probiotic strains required could differ as well. And also, in some people, certain probiotics could have adverse effects, including such things as leading to systemic infection. So it's actually going to make... um, Uh, you you more unhealthy than healthy if it's going to lead to systemic infection can also lead to detrimental metabolic effects and certain health conditions including severe acute pancreatitis um intestinal um, bowel disease uh, or inflammatory bowel disease liver so again, these are all kind of linked to the immune system. So just being um, very mindful of that. Also, there are really lots of different product biotic supplements out there, and they're all claiming to have health and performance benefits. It is a bit of a minefield. So I think working with some someone could really help to take the confusion out of the decision um, making for you. And and just always to remember that Aileen and I are here, if you would like some personalised support from us, just email us at um, hello at Runners Health Hub and we can arrange a a consultation with you. But, uh, you know, I I would recommend that that you speak to some professional. Yeah, um, as you said, Karen, we're we're at hand to help and support you when uh, when you need it. So some key information that we can share, which might help you make an informed decision on choice of probiotic supplement is, first of all, you need to think about uh, the form that your probiotics come in. And you'll find them in different forms. You might find them in capsules or tablet form. You might find powder sachets or you might find it in liquids. And how you take them is really a personal choice and some of it comes down to convenience sometimes um, and as, as Karen mentioned earlier they, they come in single and multi-strain varieties um, so it's always good to read the label and, and uh, check out uh, what is in in your probiotic to make sure it's the right thing for you. Um, another important point is that some prior probiotics that need to be refrigerated and others don't. So again, that might be a choice, a lifestyle choice that you make. So if you travel a lot or you need to take your supplement whilst at work, then a non-refrigerated variety would be most suitable. Um, and, you know, we've mentioned earlier that there are some, um, there can be severe adverse effects uh, in some susceptible individuals. Um, but, you know, for most people, um it's minor GI or sort of gastric side effects that might occur when you first start taking a probiotic. So it could be flatulence, it could be a rumbling tummy, and it, it's just really a sign that your um, your digestive system is getting used to these uh, uh, microbes being introduced into uh, the microbiome. Um, but overall, um, probiotics are viewed as safe, the general population um, um that's a description by the the european uh, food safety authority um but if you do start taking one and you find that you know your tummy's a bit grumbly to begin with just ease off them for a couple of days and then start them again and, and often that's enough to just help things settle down yeah and what i would just add here as well about when thinking about the probiotic and which one that you're going to choose um you know a probiotic supplement to be supplement to be appropriately described as a probiotic um should have certain things written on the label and the label must contain or should contain the genus the species and the strain now i was speaking about these words earlier um and um and 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 so on the label it should be the genus the species and the strain of the live microorganisms but you might find that that some probiotics tend to emit the strain so if they emit the strain why have they omitted the strain? So so when you're choosing um, a supplement, just ensuring that they've got these three different um, areas written on the label. So to explain these terms a little bit more so that you understand it, um, a strain, a strain is a member of a species and then the species is a member of, of a genus. So um 
so the genus is like the 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 parent name and within a genus you can have lots of different species then within the species um, there are specific species of bacteria um, each having different strains it's really complicated I'm sorry that's that's appealing to my sense of humor there because it's all a bit confusing and uh, I think it's good to know. I think it's good to understand that it's almost like a family tree, isn't it, of labelling. Yeah, that's a good way. To this section a few times to get your head around it, but um, but also the the strains from the same species will be um, will be more similar than strains from a different species, but they are still different enough to have different health benefits. So basically, even within the strains, different strains within a particular species is going to have different health health benefits. So it's really important to, and, and like we said earlier, we don't have time here to go into the depth of that, but it might be um, a, a future episode because I think it'd be really interesting to know which strains are are most important for, for what benefits, for general health, but also for sports performance. But um, but anyway, you might have to, to re-listen to that little section a few times. So, yeah, and what I would say is don't, you know, don't get too hung up on it. If, you, if you're choosing a reputable supplier, you, you often find that they will give a description yes. of, you know, what the, what the probiotic is, who it's for, how it will help you. And then if, if you, as you say, Karen, if the labeling, you know, says what the different strains are, you know, if you want to do your own research, you can do. But I think reputable suppliers that you know, um, will give you that kind of informed explanation and that can help you make a decision yeah, absolutely absolutely so so that's um what we're talking about the you know the different um species and strains um but i'm wondering karen um about the dosage people might be asking well how much um, should I take when I'm looking at probiotic supplementation? Yes. Um, well, I thought it's a really good question. And again, from the research that there is out there, the ISSN that I mentioned earlier deduced that daily levels between one serving of 109, what they call CFU, so colony forming units, that's how they um they they're represented so one one dose of 109 now it's millions billions but they just speak about 109 up to four doses of 1010 cfu um of these um probiotic strains were used now the IOC in 2018 suggested a moderate support for um, probiotic use in athletes specifically at a daily dose of one times 1,010 CFU. So that 1,010 CFU tends to be, I would say, the um, the, the recommended dose by by most of these various bodies. Um, also, it is important that the the CFU is so this colony forming units is on the supplement label. And again, this is something else that is often omitted. Um, so something else to observe for when you are making your choice and when you are reading the labels. And and also just one other thing to add here, Aileen, is that um, it suggested that probiotic supplementation should be taken for a minimum of fourteen days for to to to, to get any health benefits from it, be it general or or performance. Then taking it for a minimum of fourteen days would be important. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all really helpful information and. Um, you know, if you were to work with a, a professional nutritionist, they would be able to give you more specific guidance. But um, I think generally that's really 
really helpful. So um, thanks, Karen. So let's just summarize again. We're saying food comes first, um, but you might want to consider taking a probiotic. And if you do, read the label thoroughly. And uh, we recommend that you work with a professional when considering taking a probiotic supplement and um, to avoid them if you have any of the severe health conditions that Karen mentioned earlier, which affect the immune system or liver. And uh, that leads us very nicely into our key takeaways for today, Karen. So would you summarise them for us? Yes, sure, Aileen. So just starting off with the word probiotic, it is derived from the Latin pro, meaning for, and the Greek word biotic, meaning life. So probiotics being for life. And also probiotics are microorganisms that are widely considered to be health promoting. And current research indicates that probiotic supplementation could promote specific improvements in exercise performance through various pathways in athletes using um, targeted strains of the the probiotics. Now, some of the exercise benefits include an increase in VO2 max, an increase in aerobic power, and um, increased time to exhaustion, as well as an increase in training load. Now, there are the commonly used probiotic supplements in exercise um, performance studies include the lactobacillus, the bifidobacterium, the streptococcus and the bacillus. So just thinking about those when you, you're you choosing uh, a probiotic supplement. Now, fermented foods may also be su- supportive. However, they cannot be called a probiotic food because at the moment there isn't sufficient research into their use in athletes. Um, There are many things to consider when choosing a probiotic supplement, including what form you want to take it in, for example, capsule powder, refrigerated or non-refrigerated, single or multi-strain, and what the CFU, so that colony forming unit content is. So just things to consider. Um, when reading the label. And then finally, we would really recommend working with a professional when considering probiotic supplementation, especially if you have any of the underlying health concerns um, or conditions that we've mentioned. And that would be it, Aileen. Thanks, Karen. That's really been insightful and I hope everybody's found it interesting. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.